Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, we're here outside Buckingham Palace witnessing history and the royal vigil as the public mourning continues for Queen Elizabeth II. The flag-draped coffin of the late monarch rests at St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, Scotland, as the new king and his siblings stand watch by their mother's side. CBS's Liz Palmer is there. Plus our interview with the former British Prime Minister, David Cameron. Prince Harry's emotional tribute. In his first statement about the loss of his beloved granny, he thanks her for her advice. CBS's Charlie Daggett reports tonight on why he won't wear a uniform at the Queen's funeral. Turning point in Ukraine, the new military offensive that even surprised Russia. CBS's Deborah Pata is in Kharkiv. From fires to floods, the extreme weather out west. CBS's Mark Strassman has the stories of evacuees. We don't know if we even have a home. And Biden's cancer moonshot. The president tonight channeling JFK, announcing new steps to fight deaths from the disease. This is a special edition of the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting tonight from London. Good evening and thank you for joining us from just outside Buckingham Palace. And as we come on the air, long lines of mourners are paying their respects to the late queen. The monarch's coffin with a 500-year-old crown atop is lying in rest at St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh. Earlier, we witnessed a solemn tradition. King Charles III and his three siblings stood guard. And here at Buckingham Palace, we saw the first changing of the King's Guard in 70 years. It has been a busy day for the new king. He said today he felt the weight of history, but today you could almost see the weight of grief for a son who just lost his mother. We have a lot of news to get to tonight. And CBS's Elizabeth Palmer will start us off from Edinburgh. Good evening, Elizabeth. 
Good evening, Nora. Well, the crowds here were certainly dense, but the mood wasn't sad so much as solemn and respectful. People are very aware that they're witness to an extraordinary historical turning point. The band struck up the anthem as Queen Elizabeth left Holyrood House, her Edinburgh home, for the last time, carried by soldiers from the Scottish Regiment. The hearse bore her coffin to St. Giles's Cathedral past silent crowds, her four children walking behind, Princess Anne, the Princes Andrew and Edward, and King Charles. Still an official mourning, but already hard at work, Charles's day had begun in London, in Westminster Hall, the room where his mother will lie in state later this week. He accepted the condolences of members of Parliament and the House of Lords. As I stand before you today, I cannot help but feel the weight of history which surrounds us. King Charles then flew to Scotland, and first with his wife Camilla, he met a few of his subjects. Thank you so much for your kind thoughts. Then he addressed Scottish politicians. If I might paraphrase the words of the great Robert Burns, my dear mother was the friend of man, the friend of truth, the friend of age, and guide of youth. In St. Giles's Cathedral, a service of thanksgiving for Queen Elizabeth's life began as the oldest crown in the British Isles, the crown of Scotland, was placed on her coffin. Outside, thousands of people waited patiently in line for their chance to file inside and pay their respects. People don't realise how much the Scots loved her. Why? Because who she was. It's the person she was, not the Queen, but the person she was. Does it feel like a great moment of community? We are all kind of sharing the same feeling of grief, of loss. I just think that this country is not going to be the same without her. This evening, King Charles, his two brothers and his sister gathered around the Queen's coffin and stood vigil, heads bowed in homage to a remarkable monarch, their mother. Tomorrow, the Queen's body will be flown on a Royal Air Force plane to London, where, as you well know, Nora, hundreds of thousands of people are waiting to pay tribute to her there. Elizabeth Palmer, thank you very much. Prince Harry broke his silence today on the death of his grandmother, the Queen, paying tribute to the woman he lovingly called Granny. But another chapter in the family drama may be on the horizon. CBS's Charlie Daggett has more. Thank you for your sound advice. Thank you for your infectious smile. Prince Harry's heartfelt tribute to the Queen posted on his Archwell website. I'm forever grateful for all of our first meetings, he wrote, from my earliest childhood memories with you to meeting you for the first time as my commander-in-chief, a reference to a moment back in 2006 at a ceremony for newly commissioned officers. Whatever his grandmother said made him beam and blush. But Harry won't be allowed to wear a uniform while mourning for his grandmother. She stripped him of all military titles when he quit as a senior working royal. As was made clear to Prince Harry, you have to be one thing or the other. You can't 
really be lying barefoot in the park in California and still remain as Captain General of the Royal Marines because they need you. So he has lost those positions and so it would be entirely inappropriate for him to wear any uniform at all. I'm sure he'll look perfectly all right in a morning coat, however. Prince's surprise walkabout may have signaled a softening of family relations, but when it comes to protocol, royal rules may apply. And Charlie is here with us. So what are you hearing? Are we going to see the princes together again? Yeah, Nora, it's being reported that they may stand side by side behind the coffin on the day of the funeral on Monday. Uh, Harry said, in addition to that message, he was grateful that the Queen was able to meet Meghan and his two children. Charlie Daggett, thank you so much. Well, as the kingdom mourns the loss of the Queen, it's also celebrating the ascension of a new monarch, King Charles III. Well, we spoke with former Prime Minister David Cameron, who talked about the importance of this transition of power while holding on to the country's centuries of tradition. I hope that we don't lose um, the magic. I mean, some of the things we've seen this week of, of heralds and trumpets and processions, I mean, of course, they're not as important as the institution itself and the role that it plays. But nonetheless, many of us like these symbols because they mean something and make us feel, help feel that attachment to the institution of the constitutional monarchy and the way our constitution works. It was interesting to learn that then Prince Charles sought these practice audiences with you. How did that come about? He knew his mother couldn't last forever, although um, for those of us, you know, born since 1952, we've always had the Queen and it feels like a rock of our lives has disappeared. So I think he knew one day he would take on the role. He's thought deeply about it. He wanted to get every part of it right. When the Queen started her reign, she was head of state in 32 countries. Now that stands at 15. Do you expect that more countries will drop King Charles III as head of state? Ultimately, it's their decision. But I think people can see, and they see this week, that having a constitutional monarchy where your head of state is above politics and a symbol of unity uh, and a symbol of service and duty and your politicians can fight out the issues underneath that, it's a good system. It served us well and it served others well too. And as Prime Minister, since you had so many private audiences with her, What's something that people may not know about her on a personal level? Well, she's got a very good sense of humor. Um, she had a glint in her eye and this wonderful smile, a mischievous sense of humor. Also, is a phenomenally good driver. That's something not everybody um, knows. In the evening, sometimes, you get into her Range Rover. She drives it herself at breakneck speed across the moors. And you go and I remember being cooked a, a barbecue by Prince Philip on a barbecue he designed himself, driven there by the Queen, and then the two of them, with their guests, including me and other people, they waited on you at the table and brought you your food. And that was one of the most extraordinary things um, I witnessed as Prime Minister. So she was very down to earth, as well as being an extraordinary monarch. He also called the Queen the world's greatest public servant. We want to turn now to some breaking news. CBS News has learned that a federal grand jury investigation into the origins of the January 6th attack and the efforts to overturn the 2020 election is growing to include more aides from former President Trump's inner circle. CBS's Scott McFarlane is in Washington with all these new details. Good evening, Scott. 
Nora, good evening. Multiple sources tell CBS News more than 30 people associated with former President Donald Trump have now received federal grand jury subpoenas, some as recently as last week. It's a significant escalation from a grand jury here in Washington that's already heard from key members of the Trump inner circle. CBS News has learned the subpoenas branch into three different areas. First, the efforts to submit fake electors to Congress ahead of January 6th. Second, how money was raised and spent in the effort to overturn the 2020 election, including by Trump's Save America PAC. And finally, into Trump's Stop the Steal rally, January 6th. Well, that's some big news, Scott. I also understand there are new developments in the legal battle over the search at Mar-a-Lago. What's new there? Yeah, that's right. We actually saw the former president in the Washington, D.C. area today, photographed at his suburban Virginia golf course. In the meantime, in Florida, his attorneys asked the federal judge there to continue her order to freeze the Justice Department's criminal investigation of those records found in the search of Mar-a-Lago until an independent special master reviews the documents first. And Trump's lawyers also asked the judge to reject the Justice Department's two suggested candidates for that special master position. These developments further extend a legal battle which the Justice Department argues compromises their investigation of how those top secret records ended up unauthorized at the Florida home, Nora. Oh, a lot of new details. Scott McFarland, thank you so much. Well, we want to turn now to Ukraine, where Russia has suffered its biggest setback since the invasion began. Ukraine says it's reclaimed an area the size of Rhode Island. CBS's Deborah Pata is in Kharkiv. With breathtaking speed, Ukrainian forces have swept through Kharkiv, pushing just 30 miles from the Russian border. Greeted everywhere like conquering heroes, staking a claim in yellow and blue on land occupied for nearly seven months. The Russians suddenly started shouting wildly and running away, said Dmitry Rushchenko, charging off in their tanks. It's a humiliating defeat for Vladimir Putin's men and a decisive blow to Moscow's ability to resupply their forces. Now they can no longer use liberated Izium as a strategic hub. They left all their explosives and ammunition here, said this Ukrainian soldier. As the Russian front line collapsed, the extent of a war declared on civilians is becoming clear. A hospital blown up, schools destroyed and fresh new crime scenes as police begin the awful familiar task of digging up the bodies of those killed by Russian soldiers. The Kremlin has ordered its troops to regroup on the eastern front line, but not before they fired off a gruesome parting gift, striking a thermal power plant that plunged much of Kharkiv into darkness overnight and cut off water supplies in many areas. Shelling from across the Russian border still managed to hit near here today, but not even that can dim a daring new feeling rising for Ukrainians' hope that the tide is finally turning in their favor. Nora? Incredible to see that. Uh, Deborah Pata, thank you so much. Well, wildfires are scorching thousands of acres from Washington state to Southern California as severe rain causes dangerous mudslides. That story in 60 seconds. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, 
Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Extreme weather remains in the forecast with multiple wildfires burning across the western U.S. while torrential rains cause dangerous mudslides in Southern California. Here's CBS's Mark Strassman with more. Bering Mountain, Washington State. That came fast, dude. A crisis at 6,000 feet. We are trapped here. We've got fire on either side. Two weekend hikers shared this edited video. They say was shot while trapped in a fire zone. It was freaking burning and it's freaking hot. We were gonna try to get out of here before we burn to death. They crisscrossed the mountains for miles, threading their way to safety. In Northern California, the Mosquito Fire has blackened 72 square miles. Nearly 6,000 structures now threatened, more than 11,000 people evacuated. 14 years I never seen anything like this. California's burning. At least 28 wildfires burning at once, more than 160,000 acres in flames. And they've been fighting a lot of different fires uh, all night and they're working 24-hour shifts. Also in California, mudslides after several inches of rain this weekend. More than 50 people rescued from a muddy morass and a family of three plucked to safety from flash flooding. This is a mudslide in North Los Angeles County. Some of those drivers were rescued here. They headed this way because a nearby highway had been damaged by a wildfire. They tried to avoid one disaster and landed in another. Nora? My my goodness, Mark Strassman, thank you so much. Well, still ahead, President Biden details his ambitious plan to dramatically cut cancer deaths in the U.S. And a major setback for Jeff Bezos' space rocket. President Biden made a big push today for what he calls his cancer moonshot, a mission to cut the U.S. cancer death rate in half over the next 25 years. The president spoke about the initiative at the John F. Kennedy Library. Red and blue. It doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Beating cancer is something we can do together. Well, the president spoke about the initiative at the John F. Kennedy Library, a nod to JFK's moonshot speech 60 years ago today that ignited a historic era of space travel. In Minnesota today, about 15,000 nurses launched a three-day labor strike, primarily over pay and staffing shortages. They feel overworked, and they want more nurses hired to improve patient care. Impacted hospitals are using temporary replacement nurses. Up next, a huge honor for an iconic actor.
Tonight, the FAA has temporarily grounded Blue Origin space rocket as it investigates a midair mishap today. About a minute after a rocket launched from the West Texas desert carrying a capsule loaded with science experiments, something went wrong. The capsule's emergency escape system activated and it parachuted safely to Earth, but the rocket crashed. Right in New York City today, the curtain went up on the James Earl Jones Theater, named in honor of the now 91-year-old stage and screen legend. The 110-year-old theater, formerly known as The Court, just underwent a $47 million renovation. Jones started his Broadway career at the very same theater 64 years ago. That's pretty cool. All right, we will be right back with America's royal fascination with the monarchy. Finally tonight, a special treat. CBS's Sunday morning's Lee Cowan on the Queen as an icon. It's the stuff of fairy tales, castles and crowns and carriages, everything but the glass slipper. Some polls show Queen Elizabeth was more popular in America than many U.S. presidents. We have our Kardashians, but they're not quite at the same level. Matthew Dickinson, a professor of political science at Middlebury College, says our affection may be driven in part by the fact that the monarchy is so uncomplicated by politics. It's a symbol of national sovereignty that's above politics. And in this era of deep partisan polarization, we yearn for a figure that we can look up to, regardless of whether we're Democratic or Republican or independent. Still, we're not above voyeurism. Tabloids, tell-all books, and TV series, to they all get a ton of eyeballs. I would ask you to consider your response in light of the respect that my rank and my office deserve. But for American women especially, Queen Elizabeth was something more. Erin Vanderhoof, staff writer at Vanity Fair, says, remember, at just 25, she was reigning over an empire. It, she kind of emerged as this woman who was challenging a lot of ideas about what it means to be a wife, what it means to be a mother, but she was doing it really subtly. Author and historian Sir David Kennedy agrees. Just look at the role of Prince Philip, he says. He had, I think, spent um, the whole of his life subordinating himself to herself, not the natural gender hierarchy of those times. All right, I'm Nora O'Donnell in London. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. 
I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.